0: Church, I believe today the Lord gave me a word and I want to share that to you and I welcome you all in the name of Jesus. And uh, uh, just before we get into the word, I want to thank each and everyone for standing with us in prayer and in, in support. Uh, last week was an intense week. I mean, I kind of kept you on loop uh, uh, with what was going on a little bit with what was going on. It was an intense week. You know, when the Lord gives you a word, he, he doesn't say it's going to be easy he just says i'm going to fulfill that word but you got to walk in that, you know and that's what sometimes we misunderstand you know and when jesus mom mary was told oh woman of highly favor we think favor means everything going to be smooth but the favor woman has no place to go and give birth to the son who is going to be the savior of the world the favor woman has lost all the reputation being a teenage girl being pregnant by the person that she has no human logical interpretation to explain to and so so when we got the word the lord said prepare yourself buy the ticket by our first and you got to move out and we had everything that was against us there was no paperwork everything but when he when he says he's going to do it he's going to do it you know so i just want to thank you for your prayers your support i mean we are still tired jet lagged uh, but uh, you know what The Lord is good. That's the whole thing. So if you do have a Bible, lift it up with me and say this after me so that we can just declare today. Uh, Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to me and speak through me and you'll anoint my lips, anoint my mind, you'll anoint my heart, you will sanctify it, you will use me for your glory because at the end of the day, it is not me It is not the people, it is you are the one that receives all glory and honor. And I pray the word that you're going to speak through your son will penetrate into the hearts and mind, that will produce a a lifelong fruit, Lord, that will bring honor to you, glory to you, worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you do have a habit of taking notes, I would encourage you to take notes because... uh, uh, I believe the Lord is going to speak to us. Uh, the topic this morning is called uh, host. Host. Uh, the topic is called host. Uh, I want to read a couple of scriptures just before we get into the word, in, into into the into the message. Uh, turn with me to uh, Acts chapter two. I will read that one first, and then uh, we will go also to uh, John chapter four. Okay. Acts chapter 2 is a very famous scripture. We all know it's the day of Pentecost, what happened. Uh, just before Acts chapter 2 is Acts chapter 1. It says in verse 8, uh, uh, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses uh, uh, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. I can stay here just on this one verse, and I'll take next 45, one, one hour. Uh, 45 minutes to one hour because it says you will be my witnesses in other words uh, when holy spirit comes upon you you are never called to do something on your own you will just witness what he is doing in you and through you and that's something that we have misplaced in our christian living in our christian uh denomination as we gone further from from the truth, we have thought that witnesses means that I have to do something, but actually it's the Spirit of God comes upon you, and He is doing the work, and you are just witnessing what He's doing, and you will be His witness that the Spirit does the work, because listen, anything that you do on your soul to do, uh, uh, produce something eternal is not going to be fruitful. Only the, only the spirit can do eternally something fruitful in the in every person's life. So we we kind of misunderstand that verse. But anyway, moving on. Let's move to chapter two. I want to just give you some backdrop here and there so that we will get to the main subject, the meaty part of it, and chapter two is that when the day of pentecost by the way pentecost means 50 it's nothing to do with the denomination and sadly it has become a denomination and it has rejected uh, other denominations and it has given a kind of a a false security that if you are belonging to a pentecostal denomination you kind of more holier, more righteous, more uh, uh, better than, you know, CSI or CNI. And and that is actually a wrong worldview here the Lord is teaching. Look at them. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one accord, in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And look at verse 4. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, we can go here doctrinally. We can make here theologically approach. We can also make here according to your denominational approach. We kind of come in different angles, try to justify our worldview but the only thing that is very visible here, the Holy Spirit comes upon people and they could do something they have never done before. And that's what the Holy Spirit's goal in life he is not here to give you a goosebump. He is not here to make you feel, you know, kind of like you know, you you walk into your famous uh, mall or into your clothing center and you have this uh, weird goosebump feeling that wow, today it's going to be a good day. I'm going to do some nice feeling. No, the spirit of God came upon you not for you to feel good. The spirit of God came upon you so that you could do things that you can never do on your natural flesh. Can somebody say amen? Put it on the chat. If you say amen, that is what happened. Now, we have misunderstood that spirit of God who comes upon as a, as almost like something uh, as a, as a sign of speaking in tongues. So we think, okay, when a guy speak in tongues, he's filled with Holy Spirit. I got baptized by speaking in tongues when I was maybe... Uh, <sighs> Twenty-two years old. Uh, I. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was uh, so late. I was. Yeah, I was nineteen years old. I got filled by speaking in tongues. But that doesn't mean I was filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is not the sign that you are completely filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit Himself you understand what i'm saying and Maybe some of you here may speak in tongues. That doesn't mean you don't speak in other tongues. You know, sometimes we speak in tongues in church, and then we drive uh, from Papa's house all the way to your home, and suddenly some guy cuts through, and we speak other tongues. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or something like that. You know, <laughs> So I'm speaking. You know, so sometimes we 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 have a different kinds of tongues that uh, that that we shouldn't be even. And saying that from the pulpit. But anyway, so we somehow think when I speak in tongues, I got the Holy Spirit. No, you didn't get the Holy Spirit. You got the gift of the Holy Spirit of speaking in tongues. And look what is a sign of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Same chapter, last few verses. Look at right now in verse 42. They devoted themselves. Now this church who've been filled with the Holy Spirit spoke tongues as an evidence. Okay, we are not debating this. We are not going there and saying it is not true or not. That is not the point. The point I want to drive home is this they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching under the fellowship, under the breaking of bread and prayer. Can you imagine this one verse has got like five different things? I mean, they devoted themselves. That means there is a devotion, that means there is a commitment. Today, there is no commitment to 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 grow it's all about convenience christianity we have moved on we speak in tongues we we, we call it as a as a you know it's like a badge that we put on a, on our shoulders and say i hey, speak in tongues so everything is fine but this talks about committed themselves to apostle's teachings under the fellowship fellowship means mutual accountability uh, do you have a mutual accountability partner do you share your struggles your weakness with somebody you know, and uh, apostles' teaching and fellowship under the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread is not just on the church on an auspicious day. It was something they did realizing what Jesus did on to their lives every moment when they came together and to prayer. The prayer is the last interesting, boring subject for Christians today. You call them, I'm going to have a prophecy night tonight and the church will be packed because you know what? We all like prophecies. You're going to double potion. God is promoting you. Your boss is going to be demoted. You're going to be the boss. You know, all those weird prophecies people like to hear, you know. But then prayer is the boring subject for many Christians today. Look at this verse 43. Everyone was filled with How and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. That means they were so thrilled what Jesus could do through them. Are you thrilled Jesus could do miracles through you? Are you thrilled that Jesus, the same Jesus that rose from the dead, he lives in you? And are you thrilled that this Jesus wants to shine and manifest his kingdom through you? Many times we don't even pray a prayer that is according to the will of God. We just, you know, we we are so logically trained to pray prayers that like, not my will, your will be done, Lord. Anything that you see illogical, we kind of say, God, I don't think it's going to work. So I'm not going to push myself to trust you for the impossible. I'm just going to throw the ball in your court call. You know, it may sound very spiritual your will be done but god has revealed his will that no man should perish but all come to know life and it says in acts 10:38 that when the spirit of god came upon jesus he healed everyone under the tyranny of devil and god was with him so we know the spirit of god's will but we still choose my brothers are you there sisters are you there we still choose to stake a convenience or something uh, that makes us not uncomfortable in a journey with the Lord, because we don't want to be disappointed. Here, all believers were together, had everything in common, selling their possession goods. They gave anyone to everyone they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God. And enjoying the favor of all the people. And look at this beautiful verse. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. My brothers and sisters. That is what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord wants us not just to be filled as an event and get the gift and say, I got the Holy Spirit. But we are called to be the host. That means we are called to carry this manifest presence of God everywhere we go. Every moment we live, every place we sit, every program we watch, everything that we, every conversation. God is in every business of your life. Amen we kind of give a god a business on sunday morning couple of hours and we say oh god this is your business this is your happy hour you know anybody had a happy hour experience before christ uh, somebody can say yes or no. You know, I had a happy hour and experience before Christ. And in the happy hour, you buy one, you get another one free. So we kind of give Jesus a happy hour experience on Sunday. Uh, these two hours, I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do in my life. But that's about it. My brothers and sisters, that is not what God is asking us to do. God is inviting us to a place of greater intimacy. Now turn with me to John chapter 4. Okay. I'm just getting started. Are you there? Amen. Say Amen. John chapter 4 and verse 24. Verse 24. Let's read some custom verses there. John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. And this is a beautiful story of uh, of uh, 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 what happening be, happened be, between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And look at verse 23. It, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are kind of worshippers the Father seek. God is the spirit and worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. Now, too often we think that being filled with the Holy Spirit means speaking in tongues. The Bible teaches us that being filled with the Holy Spirit means being filled with the spirit of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to make some statements. I'm going to put it up in the chat. Please take notes. Otherwise, you will miss out today and you will think, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good, you know, but then you will miss out. Please write it down. This for your personal benefit, okay? Number one, the spirit of Jesus contains both the gift and the fruit, okay? The gift, one of the gifts, there are more than 14 gifts, nine spiritual gifts. They call it charismatic gifts. And there are seven practical gifts. And there are five Apostolic gifts, which is the gifts of Jesus himself, apostles, apostles prophets, pro- evangelists, pastors and teachers and all those gifts. This one of the gift is called gift of speaking in tongues. It's the unknown language. OK, so the spirit of Jesus contains both the gift and the fruit. The spirit of Jesus possesses both power and grace. That's what here he told. He told you have to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. You don't have to be just all rolling roller coasters or either frozen popsicles you can have both in, in as a well balanced one the spirit of jesus carries both charisma and character the spirit of jesus embraces both gifts and the fruit the spirit of jesus balances life between the faith and holiness and sometimes you see a man of holiness uh, walking in such an integrity but then uh, he has not advanced in faith and taking new territories, but then you find another side, a man of faith taking advantage of what the word has spoken over the person's life, taking new territories, but then they lack the integrity to keep it. You hear what I'm saying? So in the midst of this, the Holy Spirit is inviting us to this place where he's saying, you know, I want you to understand that being filled with the Holy Spirit means being filled with the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus is bigger than any gifts. The Holy Spirit is the gift Spirit of Jesus who is much bigger than any gifts. It will be a blunder, my brothers and sisters, to assume just because someone possesses the gift of the Holy Spirit means he or she is filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that's the blunder we make. Oh, that guy is speaking in tongues. So he should be very holy. But speaking in tongues is not necessarily you are... Filled to the fullness of Jesus possessed in your lives. We can have the gift of healing. That doesn't mean that we are filled with the fullness of Jesus possessed in our lives. We can have the gift of miracles. That doesn't mean we have the fullness of Jesus possessed in our lives. We can have the gift of prophecy, but that doesn't mean we have the fullness of Jesus possessed in our lives. We can have any other kind of gift. That doesn't mean we have the fullness of Jesus possessed in our lives. You know, when Jesus comes in, that's what the first thing Jesus does in Galatians chapter 2, verse 2. 22 it says like this uh, i have been crucified with christ i no longer live but christ lives in me the life that i live by now in my body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me you know this verse many of you might have even memorized this verse now when jesus comes in what he does he doesn't accommodate with us He doesn't co-live with us. He doesn't say, give me one room or just give me a mattress on the floor. I'll lay down. I'm a humble servant. He doesn't do that. The first thing he does, he kicks us out. (laughs) That means, that's what John prophesied. I decrease, you increase. The first thing Jesus does when he comes inside our lives, he says, when are you going to (laughs) die? Hello? Uh, you, You can't live and expect Jesus to live at the same time. It's not possible. God doesn't live like that. God doesn't code, God doesn't do, you know, in let's put it in Tamil or in the in the language we understand here in, in South India. God doesn't do, you know, like Sharoto. <laughs> he doesn't say, I will give me one seat next to the driver. I'll just hang in, hold on a couple of bars and just take me up to CMC or you know the bus stand. I will I, I'll be there. No, no, no. God says when I come inside, I have only one throne there. And in the one throne, I'm not allowing you to sit with me. I'm going to sit, I'm going to lead your life. <laughs> you understand? What does that mean? That means you are out. That means you don't live. If Ephesians 4 talks about if the fullness of Christ dwells in us, that brings the stature of Jesus in us. You know, so my brothers and sisters, we are getting started here. Are you there? Are you excited? So Jesus preached more about the cross to the followers. You know, crucifixion, the religion somehow talks about crucifixion. It says like, oh, Jesus was died for you on the cross. Jesus died for you on the cross. Yes, that's true. It's important. But more than what Jesus... died for you on the cross, he rose again, and he still wants to bring the cross life over you and me. So, crucifixion is an event, but important event that changed the life of humanity. But cross is not an event, it's a lifestyle. Pentecost is the day when spirit of Jesus comes upon every angry Christian to carry out the life of Jesus in and through them, to the nations of the world. So it is not just an event to be celebrated just today and say, oh, it's a Pentecost Sunday. Holy Spirit came. I spoke in tongues. I speak in tongues. Let's move on. No, no, no. It is not an event to be celebrated. It is a lifestyle to be enjoyed. It is not something you do and move on. It is who you are as a person and live from the understanding of that revelation of the person that God has created you to be. So Jesus You know, when he says, I'm going to pour my spirit upon you, it's actually Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. Now, pay attention. This is going to this is going to look a little bit confusing, but this I'm getting there. Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. You're with me. Okay. so when Jesus lived on earth, Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus is limited. Because he was in the fleshly form. He was a son of God, became a son of man. So he was limited. That's why Jesus never traveled more than 200 miles. Okay? But when Jesus died and rose again, the Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Jesus, when he resided on us, Jesus, who was limited in the flesh, became unlimited in and through us. Do You understand what I'm trying to say? Amen? So, So it is not something you do and move on. It is Jesus understanding that Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. Holy Spirit, I have said this before, Holy Spirit in me is for my benefit. Holy Spirit comes upon me is to bless others, to benefit others. So when we talk about, uh, you know, even Jesus said in Isaiah, 61, and it is quoted here in Luke 4, 18. Jesus said, the eternal son of God said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He, he, he talks as if from the perspective of a son of man who had a direct relationship with the father. And he says, I need that spirit of God to be upon me in such a way that I can do what he has called me to do. Okay. Now, Look at Matthew 3, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up to the water. The moment the heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I loved and well pleased with him. Now, this is what I want to ask you, my brothers and sisters. Many times we, we we misunderstand this. Jesus never performed a miracle. Jesus never went out and healed any sick. Jesus never went out and did anything that is supernatural. But here was Jesus, 30 years abiding under the obedience of their his natural parents. And here was he walking towards Jordan, came to John, his cousin. And he says, I want to be baptized. John says, I don't even deserve to remove your sandals. And Jesus says, Do this because it's a commandment required for every man. And then John baptizes him. He gets out of the water. The heavens open. The Bible talks about rendering. Actually, if it's like torn apart, it's like tearing violently. And the Spirit of God comes and the form of a dove, it reminds on him. And there is a voice heard in heaven to a man who never did any miracles, performed no signs, no wonders, nothing, just Living under the obedience of the father and mother, here was the word comes to. This is my well, beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, how far we have drifted? We think when we are, when we want to be blessed, when we wanted to know that God, when we think that God only says, "I am, I am well pleased in you." When we do great miracles for Him, great wonders for Him, great things for him. We kind of confuse ourselves. Doing is a sign that God is going to bless me more, affirm me more, strengthen me more. Actually, Jesus never did anything. Here was God saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What's the point I'm trying to tell you? We got it wrong. We think Christianity is to do. Christianity actually is nothing to do with doing. It's being. Out of that being, the same, you know, the Spirit of God lifted him up out of the water. The voice came and then the next verse says in chapter 4, the Spirit led him into the wilderness where he was tested and during the tested time, he was he was pruned that the Son of Man, the first Adam died and the test, the last Adam survived in the test. Now, out of the test, when he overcame that, the Lord helped him to win the battles. You understand what I'm saying to say? Amen. So it is very, uh, uh, it's 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 a it's a miss uh, uh, it's it's actually injustice that you, you we do to ourselves uh, that uh, we put a, such a pressure on people saying hey you got to do something in order for God to like you. It has to flow from the being, and that's why Jesus said I only do what the Father is doing, and that's why Jesus said in Acts chapter one, be my witness. That means you can never produce something. You witness, what is a witness? Witness is saying about something that you have just seen what's happening. You can't can't invent something that's called false witness. You can't produce something on your own flesh. That's what the church has been doing all these years producing something out of their own flesh, trying to call it evangelism, trying to call it gospel preaching. But in fact, it has turned into even so weirdly uh, unfruitful. And let us get a wake-up call. Let us get this, you know, uh, this wake-up call from the Lord and let us come back to this place of being. And out of that flows everything for His greatest glory. Now, I have written down here four main reasons why we need to be the host of how we can be the host of the pentecost okay are you ready are you are you ready church say amen Now look at this i put it up here how can we be the host of the pentecost okay how can we be the host of the pentecost you and me the host of the pentecost Uh, And again, Pentecost is not an event. It is a lifestyle. It is not just something you do. I speak in tongues. So let me go on with my life. No, no, no. It is a host. Now I give you four things. Quickly write it down, please. Uh, Number one, Jesus lived. It's up in the chat. You can see Jesus lived a perfect lifestyle of modeling how to live in a constant relationship with the Father, so he lived in in a perfect lifestyle that uh, to model us so that we we can say, "Wow, Jesus had a had a relationship with the Father that is so perfect that you and me can do that." And that's what Jesus did. And by the way, when I say this. Uh, It is not something, my opinion, you read throughout the Gospels. One particular year, God never allowed me to go anywhere. I just camped in the Gospels, kept on reading. And there was a season God kept me only in the book of Acts. I kept on reading, especially during the COVID lockdown times. I was keep on reading Acts and the revelations came out of. I've shared that with you guys. I'm sharing this to you now. You know, when Jesus did miracles, he never did it as a God, as a son of God. He did it as a son of man who had a perfect relations with relationship with god the father and that's why he said i can do nothing on my own i just do what the father is doing (laughs) i did not come here to do my own will i came here to do what the father's will is amen and so like jesus we must have the mindset of living in the presence jesus never lost his sight of his father, he and his father are one. He didn't do anything without his father's approval. Whatever he did, only, only what the father he did only what the father was doing. He was not trying to please people. He was not trying to impress people. He didn't do any miracle to attract others to himself. Every single miracle he pointed them to the father. Look at John 5:19. I'll put it up in the in the chat. You can you can read this for yourself and you. Please take, it, uh, please take notes in this. Uh, John 5, 19. Look at this verse. It says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Can you imagine that? That's beautiful, isn't it? You look at the father doing and you do. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. <laughs> That is what Jesus is inviting us to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's not just speaking in tongues. You know, I have seen men speaking in tongues and abuse their wife. I have seen men speaking in tongues and beating their children. I have seen men speaking in tongues and curse the people on the street. I have seen men speaking in tongues. In fact, you know, I have seen, I, I myself, I'm, I'm, I didn't beat my wife or anything. I have I have seen, spoken tongues and then I was so mad at Eunice. You know, so you, you cannot call that as a fullness of the Holy Spirit. That is is absurd, you know. I have seen people who come out of the church being filled with the Holy Spirit and then they are mean to this guy who sells bananas on the street because they are bargaining and the guy trying to cheat and they are going, you know, they're getting so low that Satan himself doesn't want to go so low like that, you know. He's got some, at least some self-esteem. So that's my point I'm trying to say to you. Guys, so we are not called just to just do something. We are called to be that vessel where Christ can flow, Christ can manifest, Christ can jo- show His glory. Amen. Amen. So let me continue. Okay. So look at this. His identity was secure in who He is. Number two. Now, how do we host uh, the Pentecost? He lived a lifestyle of offense-free. Today, that's the number one problem among the Christians. People are so offended. People are offended even if the pastors makes a comment or say something, you know, uh, something that is confronting to, uh, regarding to the truth in love. They are offended. You know, they zone out and they say, you know, uh, one day one brother called me and he said a lot of people are leaving Papa's house because you went to America. And I explained to my brother and I said to him, you know what, I didn't just, you know, <laughs> I didn't escape it. It is something that I have to do. And I explained to him the journey where we are. And, and he said, I'm praying with you. But some people took offense and they just say, you know what, this guy went somewhere abroad. He's enjoying his life. Some people, you know, and I felt in my heart like, Lord, you are the only one can make these things clear. I can never go and try to please people. I can never go and try to say, please, brother, please, sister, please stand here, do this. You know, this is your church. You're going to build it. You know, I'm here just a vessel. You know, I, you put me here for a season and you may even raise somebody else. I'm here. Not to build my kingdom. This is your place. He lived a lifestyle of offense free. And look at John 6, 66, And that's why no wonder it's called triple six. From this time onwards, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Can you imagine that? And look at the following verses. I'll put it up in the chat so you can see that. And it's incredibly beautiful. It says like this. Uh, Jesus looked at them and said, do you also want to leave? <laughs> Jesus asked the 12, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So here was a Jesus. He was, not, he was saying, you know what? You want to take offense in what I say? Because if you read the entire John chapter 6, because people were going after him because all the signs and wonders miracles he's breaking bread he's multiplying it they were fed spiritually emotionally and suddenly jesus says you know what you want to be my disciple you have to eat my blood you have to drink you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood and the guys were like oh man this is too hard for us to digest and then they left him my brothers and sisters sometimes walking with jesus requires you to you know let go of uh, all your prejudices and trust in him alone and trust in him alone and uh, and trust that that he will help you to overcome every offense spirit. And I want to pray right now, even take a minute to pray, that spirit of offense will be broken off. If that's in you, say to God, God, I want to be free from the spirit of offense. I don't want to be offended. One of, you know, the beautiful statements that Lauren Cunningham's wife, Darlene Cunningham, the co-founder of Wyom said this, and I will never forget, Charles, whenever you feel offended, which part of Jesus got offended? (laughs) <laughs> and it's true jesus never gets offended he's an offense free person so some when we get offended it's not jesus who is offended it is our flesh is still living in the throne and on cohabit with god and we need to bring it to the lord and say lord bring the cross there amen amen number three number three and uh, every miracle that jesus did brought them closer to the miracle worker. And that's what Jesus did. He never pointed him to himself. In fact, he said, don't do this to, don't show this to anyone. You know, the famous story that I want to read for you is uh, the story that happened in Mark chapter 5 and in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 5 is the story that uh, that you all know, the story that God goes to this, Jesus goes to the region called Garzenes. And this guy was demon possessed. And he comes there. This one guy was hosting six thousand demons. Can you imagine that? I mean, he, 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 had so many demons, you know. And and uh, and here, uh, this demon possessed guy is crying out, and the Lord set him free. And he and the six thousand demons went upon two thousand pigs, and the two thousand pigs cannot carry what one man was carrying for all these years, and they all went on the cliff and died. And here was this passage that Ma- that um, that Matthew, uh, 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 Ma- Mark actually mentions this, Mark 5 from verses 17 to 20. The people began, I'll put it up in the chat and look at this, uh, people began to uh, plead with Jesus. Look at this, when, when people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region because they could not understand how... Jesus could drive out this and they got scared and they begged. Some translation says they begged to, with Jesus to leave. As Jesus was getting under their boat and the man who had been demon possessed began begged, begged to go with him. If you are having a paper Bible, circle that word "begged." So you will know what I'm coming there to. Verse 19: Jesus did not let him, but said, "Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord had done for you and how He had had mercy on you." So the man went away and began to tell to the in the Decapolis which uh, how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Now this is this is one beautiful story by itself. But look at the next chapter, Mark chapter six and this is what happened jesus is coming again to this town okay i don't know the time frame how long maybe yes a few months because jesus never lived more than 300 of years of his ministry so it could be a short visit afterwards maybe a few months later and look at this verse when they had crossed over this is in mark six they landed at garcinate and anchored there. Look at this verse. I want you to pay attention. Verse 54. Circle that word. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. Now, they ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats and wherever they had heard that he was. And wherever he went into the villages, towns and countryside, they placed the sick on the marketplaces and they begged him. These people begged Jesus to leave. Now, the same people begged Jesus to touch. Let them touch even the hedge of his clock. And all who touched it were healed. Now what happened between five and six? Something beautiful. One guy encountered Jesus. He was in that place of encounter and he just witnessed what he encountered. (laughs) Amen. My prayer is that you and me, Mary's sister prayed very powerfully this morning. And she said something that we will be that witnesses. We will be that revival to our people that we work with, you know, and that's my prayer that you and me will be so much in tune with God that people will come and say, I want to, you know, just rub you in such a way that I will be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that? That people come and steal your pen and pencil from your desk so that the Holy Spirit can be operated through that because they see the wonder-working power God, not just, you know, not just uh, uh, doing His things up in the air, but living through the vessel that you are, my brothers and sisters. That is called the Pentecost. That's how we are called to host the Pentecost. Amen. Number four, the last but not the least, the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus never contradicted the life of jesus and the ministry of jesus coincided not contradicted and sometimes we have a stage life and off stage life sometimes we have yeah a yeah, pulpit life and off pulpit life sometimes we have a ministry life and off ministry life and that's why the greatest testimony of your ministry does not need to come from your church members because your church members only see you every sunday And you have the best face to put it. The best testimony that you can receive is from your wife, (laughs) from your husband, from your children. Children, they can tell you exactly how, how is your dad, how is your mom. The best testimony. And that's the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus and the life of Jesus never contradict. Today, why we have seen less revival? You know why we don't see Christian church growing? You know why we see still people look at us and say, well, you are... Uh, you are that uh, party, the Alelia party. You are that uh, bend the ghost. You know, you are that this fellow. You are that CSI Martoma. You know, why we are still had this? Because our ministry and life doesn't coincide together. My brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Let our life match the words we speak. That's what Jesus did when the holy spirit comes upon people they were filled of course they spoke in tongues but that's not the end they devoted themselves they broke bread they had one thing in common they, you know they were sensitive to the people's need you know i know this church is a very small church and i'm very thankful to god for papa's house and uh, when the crisis hit, second wave hit, and I remember people gave sacrificially, and uh, we fed thousands and thousands of families. We, we 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 were feeding for days. And one day, my brother Sunil actually sent me a newspaper article said uh, that that Papa's house is on the newspaper, saying you know collaborating uh, with the local uh, in a hospital, we could able to even bring you know oxygen cylinders, and. We didn't do it all for the namesake. We were just willing to be that axe church, going there and say, devoted ourselves to the Lord and to fellowship of breaking bread and having, you know, having a sensitive heart to share people, whatever the Lord has placed in our hearts. My brothers and sisters. That is what the Pentecost is all about. It is not just, oh, I'm a Pentecost, white and white. I speak in tongues and then now let me go afterwards. Never, I enjoy a nice biryani and then move on with my life. No, my brothers and sisters. The life of Jesus is an example of Pentecost. He had the fullness of the Spirit of Jesus upon, Spirit of God upon him. You know, the word Spirit of God, I wrote down here in Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I've told this to you many times, but I like to read and learn a few words. And this word really, uh, you know, spoke to me. The Spirit of God in Hebrew means Ruach, Ruach Elohim, which is the same word God used in Genesis chapter 1. The Spirit of God was overing the earth, Ruach. That's the word we have, the Ruach, the, the breath of God. Ruach him you know, and, uh, and this is what I want to encourage you, this Spirit of God wants to reside in us. He wants to manifest his glory, but he wants to show to the people as how Jesus lived with the perfect relationship with the Father, never took offense, lived an offense-free lifestyle and always the ministry and the life of Jesus never contradicted and every miracle pointed to the miracle worker. Amen. That's the Pentecost you and me are called to live in. That's the Pentecost you and me, the world wants to see, not not the denomination, not some shouting, not some screaming, not jumping up and down, not just being maniac, not just judging others because they walk with color, Color dress, or, you know, didn't wear the jewels, and, you know, I, I, not none of those nonsense. What is the life of Jesus? The life of Jesus is the manifest presence of God living in us and manifesting his glory through us to the nations. I want to pray for you. That is what I want to pray that this will be a new Pentecost for you. You will walk in that Pentecost. Don't you want to be that Pentecost? You know, I want to be that Pentecost. I want to be that Pentecost where people say, Jesus can, you know, I see Jesus in your attitude. I see Jesus in your, in your devotion. I see Jesus in your commitment. I see Jesus in your helping hands to the poor and needy. I see Jesus in the how you treat your wife. I see Jesus in how you handle your crisis. I see Jesus. Jesus, you and me are just witnesses of what Jesus is doing in and through us. Amen. Amen. That's my prayer. I know very few people turned up on the Pentecost Sunday, but we are recording it. We will sending it. And please, if you are blessed, share this word to others because we often misunderstand that Pentecost is to do with doing. No, it is to, to come in the place of agreement, being my witness. It's God doing his work and you happen to be a witness. Amen. Amen. So I want to pray with you, Father, in Jesus' name, that we will realign our hearts and minds, Lord. Realign our hearts and minds. And maybe here we have a bad theological understanding. And maybe some of us jumped from one church to another church because they felt that their denomination is not holier enough or better enough. And Lord, help us stop being a frog a Christian, just jumping from one muddy puddle to another muddy puddle. And Father, help us to stay in your presence, being rooted in your love, and just witness what you are doing. Wow. You gave us the most easiest task in the world. <laughs> you never gave the, the, the most difficult task Task is saving people, redeeming people, delivering people, setting them free. All those are difficult. We can never do that. We try. We have seven steps program. Nothing works. They take the program. After three months, they are right down in the gutter again. (laughs) But Lord, you gave us the simplest task to be your witness. That means you are doing stuff and we just need to witness that position ourselves if that's you know if that's makes sense to you what i'm praying under the guidance of the holy spirit what i'm praying under the guidance of the holy spirit makes sense to you you can just put it on the chat as a prophetic and can act position me lord realign me lord just say realign me lord position me lord you know position me realign me or just say amen thank you jesus thank you father yes 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 lord thank you i want to be a witness to the lord that doesn't mean i'm going to go now and preach in the stand up no we just witness to the lord means let's wait and see what the lord is doing thank you father it goes against everything that we have learned in the religion. Why? Because the religion starts with the word "do." The king start the kingdom starts with the word "done." Oh Jesus, realign us, realign us, position us back. Yes, everything Jesus disciples did in the first church, they came together with that alignment of knowing what Jesus has done already. Out of that came the boldness. Out of that came signs and wonders. Out of that came miracles. That's why they could get beaten up and they come back rejoicing and counted worthy to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. That's because of being in that presence. (laughs) You know, today it's impossible. Somebody treats you bad. You say, oh God, they are talking about your son. Catch him, Lord, break his hand. <laughs> in Tamil, they say, Todumandavare. That's the spirit of vengeance.
1: <laughs>
0: Hello. Father, I pray for the revelation to come. Let it start in me. Let it start in my wife, my kids, my brothers and sisters here, yeah, Lord. We want to see revival in Velu. Let it start here. Let us be a witness. Let us let us be a witness. Of what Christ is doing. Let us witness what he is doing. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, God. We thank
1: you. Here are some announcements. If you have missed any of our sermons, you can watch them by logging in on Papa's House through YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. And Facebook. We have a family support program where we support single mothers and their children by getting provisions through finances and opportunities to earn a livelihood through small businesses. Every Friday through our homeless feeding program our team prepares and distributes food packets for homeless people in and around Vellore We would encourage you to join us in this program by either preparing or distributing food packets and also by considering making your generous contributions through your finances. If you consider yourself to be a part of Papa's house, then we would encourage you to send your tithes and offerings. But if you are visiting Papa's house for a few occasions, and led by the Spirit and you feel that Papa's house has made a difference in your spiritual life and your connection with Christ, you could consider sowing a small seed through an offering. We would make sure it falls on the good soil so that it reaps a good reward from God. You can find the details of the bank accounts and Google Pay should you decide to send in your offering to us. We will intimate to you once we have received it. Also here are the links on how you can reach and follow us.